God speaks to everyone all of the time in general terms through his works. And that is why no one can ever be excused from not knowing God. But God will not speak to a person individually unless a person has made the decision to belong to the Lord. There is no direction from God unless this happens. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be sharing about taking our direction from the Lord. God can't speak to us today. God desires to speak to us and to give us the direction we need for everything in our lives, especially what we need to do to inherit the eternal life and the eternal reward He so desires every person to have. But we need to learn how to be ready to listen to Him as He speaks to us in an intimate and personal manner. This is the way we can truly come to experience who God is and what He can do in our lives. Today's message is based on the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Let us listen to what God's Word has to say about this. Let us seek the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory and praise be to you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are good and because your mercy is everlasting. And Lord God, because you are loving to us, because you care about us. And Heavenly Father, because you desire to have a close and intimate relationship with each one of us. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, as always, that you may please forgive my sins. Heavenly Father, Lord God, please forgive me for the things that I know and even for the things that I'm not yet quite understand what I'm doing wrong. Please forgive me for all of it, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, that you may please guide us as always, Lord God, that you may enlighten us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you may help us to be sensitive to you, and that you may help us to understand, Lord God, that we need to listen to you and to take our direction from you as the Lord that you need to be in our lives if we truly want to be blessed and we truly want to see the eternity that you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I will be reading from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. This is the word of the Lord. It happened after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, Where shall I go up? And he said, To Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also, Ainoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David brought up the men who were with him, every man with his household. So they dwelt in the cities of Hebron, then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, The men of Jabesh-Gilead were the ones who buried Saul. So David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, You are blessed of the Lord, for you have shown this kindness to your Lord, to Saul, and have buried him. And now may the Lord show kindness and truth to you. I also will repay you this kindness, because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strengthened and be valiant, for your master Saul is dead, and also the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. 
If we're going to talk today about taking our direction from the Lord, then one question that may come to mind is, does the Lord in fact speak to us today? And the answer is that the Lord does speak to people even today. God does not change, nor does his desire to have a personal and intimate relationship with us. Even though we're living during these end times, that does not mean that God has changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But in order for God to speak to us, certain things must happen in our lives. As we have mentioned before and throughout the Bible, we see that God is a conditional God, that in order for certain things to take place with the Lord, there must be something that happens on our end prior. This is where a lot of people get it wrong, unfortunately, because there is this truly unmerited notion that everything is subject to their opinion and to their judgment. But if we understand who the God of the Bible is, then we would understand that everything is on his terms and not on our terms. The Lord is gracious and kind, loving and merciful, but within all of that, there are things that must be fulfilled in our lives before we can expect for God to speak to us, or at the very least, for us to be in a position to understand what he is actually saying every day and how he can address us individually and personally. The first step, if you will, is that we need to have a heart for the Lord, which means that we need to have the disposition to look for the Lord, to have a certain desire for him. And if we go by today's passage, we can see David as an example. God spoke to Samuel about David because he raised him to be king over Israel and about what kind of person he was. In Acts chapter 13, verse 22, it says, And when he had removed him, speaking of Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. David was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. David had committed some serious sins before the Lord throughout the course of his reign. But nonetheless, David was different. He was unique, especially before the eyes of God. But what made David special before the eyes of the Lord? David had a humble and contrite heart. This is what David himself prayed to the Lord at one moment, where it says in Psalm chapter 51, verse 16 to 17, the following, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. So you see, God desires for people to have a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Why is that necessary? We need to understand our position in two ways. First, as sinners, and second, as we compare ourselves to the Almighty. One of the things that we need to be very realistic about is the acknowledgement of sin in our lives. We're all sinners, each and every one of us. I am certainly not the exception. And whether we want to admit it or not, we all have made, are making, and will continue making big mistakes or just plain out sinning before God. Does God expect for us to be perfect? No. He understands that we will struggle with sin until the day this carnal form we have is done away with. But at the same time, that does not mean that we remain complacent with the sin in our lives or far less that we just don't care or lack repentance for the wrongs we still commit before the Lord. That is part of the humbleness that we must have. We can never stand proudly or self-righteously before a holy God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, the following regarding our acknowledgement of sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. 
And so if we don't acknowledge our sin, then we will have serious and irreconcilable problems with the Lord. But if we just admit our sin and confess it before the Lord, we can find forgiveness and grace through Jesus Christ. God cares about our disposition, about the intention of our hearts. We also need to understand that the grace we find is only through Jesus Christ and God's mercy and never through our works. We need to have good works, but those good works will never show us justified before God. Good works are just the evidence of our faith and commitment to loving God and our neighbor. And so we must always acknowledge our sin before the Lord and we must let him work in our lives so that sin can diminish and his holiness can grow in us so that we can become the salt and light he desires for us to be in the world and the salt and light the world needs so they can find their way to salvation through Jesus Christ. We need to ultimately reflect Christ in what we do and how we do live our lives. Together with that sentiment of humbleness before the Lord, we must be humble with each other in the sense that no one is better than the next person. We can't look down upon anyone, no matter how well we may think we are doing things. The Bible says that we should always consider ourselves before trying to point out some sin that is in another person. In the end, there is no room for pride in any kind of way in our lives. As we continue looking at this aspect of humbleness, as it relates to God and us, the Lord ultimately looks for a humble person, someone that understands their position before the Lord. And this is where most people fail before God. Many people treat God like an equal or someone even much lower than them, which is a big problem. Being humble before God does not mean that you are lowering yourself before God. It simply means that you are acknowledging the reality that God is God and that he should be feared, revered, honored, and so on, and that we are much lower than he is. We need to acknowledge the reality that we are very, very small in comparison to his greatness, his power and might. And if we approach him, that we come before him in that spirit of humbleness, never forgetting his position and our position before him. It is somewhat understandable to have an unrealistic view of God because we lack the capacity and imagination to be able to have an idea of who he is and what he is capable of. But that cannot excuse the fact that we need to fear and love God. Now, how can we start to get an idea of who God is? That should be easy if we just look around and pay attention to the obvious. According to the Bible, God made everything and that the visible universe shows his magnificence. The incredible things that exist tell of who he is. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Just look at the heavens, the stars, the planets, and this earth we live on. And you can also look at the things that are not visible to the naked eye in the microscopic world. Everything tells us of his greatness. Look at yourself in a mirror. You are a product of God's handiwork. Just think about everything he has made and the things that have yet to be discovered by us as humans that he just uttered into existence. For it is written, by faith we understand that the worlds were formed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Can you imagine the power of a being that was able to just speak things into existence? This is who we are talking about, and this is what we need to understand. 
The Bible also says this about the Lord, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. This is who God is. We will go absolutely nowhere. Least of all, have the omnipotent God of the universe speak to us unless we at least attempt to have some sort of minimal understanding of who we are approaching. The other aspect we need to understand is that God only speaks to people that have made the decision to belong to Him. God speaks to everyone all of the time in general terms through His works, and that is why no one can ever be excused from not knowing God. But God will not speak to a person individually unless a person has made the decision to belong to the Lord. There is no direction from God unless this happens. There are many people that have this misconception that they can just pray to God and that he is listening to them without having any kind of commitment to him. That is simply not the way things work. You can pray all you want, but God is not listening if you don't belong to him. He can't listen to you if you are dead in sin because there is a broken connection. This goes hand in hand with the misconception that we are all children of God. God created us. Every single person is his creation, but that does not mean that you belong to him automatically. A decision to belong to him needs to be made. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. What does it mean to receive him? He will come into your heart, into the center of your being, if you repent and convert from all of your sins fully and completely and make Jesus the effective and literal Lord of your life. That's the only way any person can ever belong to him and become his child. Otherwise, there is no connection, no relationship, and by virtue of that, no communication. Jesus himself said, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Repenting and converting from all of your sins and making Jesus the Lord of your life is the only way a person can come to be born of water and the Spirit. This is how our walk with Christ needs to happen. There is only one way to God the Father, and that is through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Once a person begins that personal relationship with the Lord through the process of being born again in Christ, then a person needs to develop a close relationship with the Lord. And like every relationship, the only way something like that can grow and prosper is by spending time together and communicating. We need to spend time with the Lord daily. We see one of the many examples of this through the life of Isaac. In Genesis chapter 24, it says, Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Lahai Roy, for he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. So you see, Isaac spent time meditating with the Lord, having that personal and intimate encounter with God. Spending time with God cannot necessarily be this common situation that exists where people typically come to God when they are in dire need and then forget about him when the problem is solved. That is not a relationship. That is just trying to take advantage of God. Just think about it. Would you like for the ones you love to just come to you when they need something and that's it? To just ask you for some help and nothing more? I don't know about you, but that is a very one-sided relationship. No one likes to be used and God is no exception. He is merciful and patient 
and puts up with it for a while, but only for a limited time because at the end, he is God. Our time meditating should be on the word of God. Psalm 1 counsels us in the following manner where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. One of the main ways that God speaks to us is through his word. God may not necessarily speak to you in a loud, deep voice where the earth shakes and the elements are consumed. And quite frankly, you really don't want that either because chances are you wouldn't survive. The Bible says that God is consuming fire and to stand before the Lord in the flesh in our present sinful nature would mean death. He is just too powerful a being to be able to stand before him and live to tell about it. Jesus also taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, where it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So in essence, the way that God speaks to you is through that time that you spend in meditation and prayer daily. As you spend time in his word, ultimately as you spend time with him, in communion with him, pouring your heart out to him, telling him how you feel, what's on your mind, sharing your heart with him, praising and worshiping him, letting him minister to you, letting him teach you and guide you through his word. That is how God can speak to you personally and intimately. And ultimately, when you're able to listen and understand the Lord, then you will be able to take your direction from him. This is how it all works, how we can receive clear direction just like David did. That is one of the many beautiful attributes of the Lord, as we mentioned before, that he does not change. God is immovable and praise his name for that because that means that we can completely put our trust in him as the immovable being he is. God was there before anything started. He is here now and he will be there for all time, forever and ever. That is why it makes so much sense to learn how to take direction from him because he will lead us to everything that is good and eternal. God can speak to you in a very intimate and personal way, but you need to have a humble heart before him. You need to have a continual acknowledgement of your sin and the heart to repent and convert from your sin as you continue understanding what is wrong in your life and what needs to change. Even when you have already made that decision to follow Jesus after being born again, you still need to continue repenting and changing through the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God so you can effectively continue being transformed into the person that God desires for you to be, into the likeness and image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And as part of that process, you need to cultivate 
and foster that daily communion with the Lord where you spend time with Him by speaking to Him through prayer and ultimately letting Him speak to you through His Word. You need to finally live out God's true Lordship in your life, that His will needs to be done and that your will needs to subside and fade away. That is how you can come to get your own direction from the Lord, but herein lays the reward that comes from letting Him guide you and tell you what to do, that you will start to experience God in a more realistic way. This is how your faith starts to grow and become immovable, how His peace starts to overwhelm your life, even through the darkest moments, and how His presence starts becoming more and more real to you. That is the ultimate blessing that comes from letting Him direct you, the fact that He is truly with you, within you, and you have absolutely nothing to fear. This is how the peace that surpasses all understanding starts overwhelming you and how you can come to possess the conviction that He is who He says He is. God is God and He wants to experience who He is in a very real and genuine manner. This is what ultimately transformed so many great men and women in the past, the ones that came to know Him as God, like Abraham and Isaac, Jacob and Moses, and even this David that we read about today. Here is where true logic comes in. Nothing can compare to who God is and what He can become in your life. I challenge you to experience God today as He has meant to be experienced. Don't let this experience be something foreign, undefined, and unknown to you. Do what you need to do so you can have your own experience with God today. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessed God, thank you, O Lord, because you look to have an intimate and personal relationship with each and every one of us. And you desire, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that we know you, that we know you through and through, Lord God, and you desire to guide us, to show us every step of the way. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because truly you are loving, because you desire to be close to us, within us, within the depths of our hearts. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the reality of who you are, that you are the almighty God of the universe. Help us to understand our position before you and help us to understand the magnificence of your mercy, of your love, and of your grace through your Son, Jesus Christ. That, Lord God, you have provided a way to you, a way of salvation, a way to eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ, through your grace and through your love. Heavenly Father, help us to look for you and to seek to have that intimate relationship with you. Guide us, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. We would love to help. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcasts in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.